You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Right across South Australia, welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. And you'll hear Sports ASA every weeknight from 6pm with me, Paul Bonzer. And tonight, a very despondent, a very unhappy Philadelphia Eagles fan. But... He is an eagle of a different kind. He's a premiership player with the Eagles. It's Dan Mentor. Welcome, Mens. Uh, well done, Bonds. It's, uh, yeah, somewhat flattening to be here, but it's also great to be here at the same time. It's uh, Super Bowl day today, which is one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, it's, I almost enjoy it more so when my team's not playing in it because yes. I love the day and my emotions don't fluctuate like they did today. And uh, we'll get into it. I, I was looking forward to really breaking down the game uh, probably until about five minutes ago in the last quarter when I thought maybe we might not win. And uh, the c- congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. They were incredible. Underneath Patrick Mahomes. Yes, unbelievable. And we'll go through all that very shortly. We'll talk about the test match over in India and what a debacle that was. <laughs> uh, the Redbacks, back-to-back wins today. Big win over WA. And later in the show, we're going to speak to the double centurion himself, Daniel Drew. Uh, he'll join us on the show. Looking forward to chat to Drewy. Yeah, massive uh, 208. So I reckon he goes past Dizzy Gillespie's uh, yeah. 200 there. So, 208, uh, not. Not out. So uh, it's a massive win. That and puts and us... to be fair, WA were probably stronger than uh, the bowling attack that Dizzy, line, Dizzy yes. faced. Uh, Crows named their new captain, and uh, you've got your Kia top seven as well. But let's get straight into it. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Thanks to Char Time, home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time, explore ready-made signature drink range, inspired by Char Time fan faves. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. That pumps you up for the first segment there, that music. Uh, you can be part of the show as well, 0427-154-166. That's the text line. Or give us a call, 1300-736-736. Where did you watch the Super Bowl? Did you like halftime? Let men's know if you're a Kansas Chief supporter. Ring him up. Pat him on the back. Say bad luck, but next not bad luck next time. Yeah. All right, let's get into it, men's. What are, what have you got for us as far as the Super Bowl goes? Yeah, so it was in Arizona today. Uh, so for sports lovers, uh, I heard Jim Nance commentating the Phoenix Waste Management Phoenix Open was on. For those who don't know which tournament that is, the party hole, the sixteenth hole where everyone gathers it is unbelievable. along. Uh, it's a par three. Tiger Woods hit a hole in one there a good 10, 15 years ago, and the crowd goes absolutely nuts. So that was on this morning. Uh, and so over there, their time during the day into the Super Bowl, which is about 10 minutes down the road. So Jim Nance and others went from that to the Super Bowl, an incredible day for a sports fan over there in America. And it was the Kansas City Chiefs 38 defeating the Philadelphia Eagles 35. 
a, ma- a massive win from the Chiefs who have won their second Super Bowl in the past four years. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has only been in the NFL for five seasons in total, has now got his second Super Bowl winning trophy, uh, second MVP as well. He won MVP this season in the yes. regular season. So he's on his way to becoming one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, and he's done it in just five seasons. So it's incredible. It was an incredible win. Uh, the game went a little bit like this, Bonds. Kansas City won the coin toss. Uh, they deferred, which meant they gave the ball to Philly and, and got it back in the second half, which was interesting because Philly loves to play in front. They That's the way their team's built is they can get it on top early. They, their offensive line, their defensive line is so strong and big with guys like Jordan Malato, the Australian yes. uh, former rugby league player, that they love to play in front and uh, play that uh, real um, pound game against the opposition uh, defensive line. So a lot of people who watch the Super Bowl, they love a little bit like the AFL Grand Final, love to get on or see who the first goal scorer is, who the first touchdown scorer is. And so Kenneth Gainwell for the Philadelphia Eagles ran in a touchdown heifer. He was down at the one-yard line. So a lot of people who would have had Kenneth Gainwell in different prop bets and other things that were, that were interested in, sweeps and whatnot, didn't get it. Jalen Hurts then ran in the first touchdown. And it was on the first drive. So Philly were away 7 to nothing, And uh, a lot of Philly fans like myself would have been Pretty happy and confident with the start. Um, straight away, the next drive, Patrick Mahomes goes down the other end and throws it to the tight end, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer to another future Hall of Famer. And all of a sudden, it was 7-7 and the game was uh, the game was on. Yes. So this was all in the first quarter. There was a lot of penalties in the first quarter, which, uh, which impacted the game. Um, and so if we move along to the second quarter, I'm not sure if you saw this play, and I'm going to touch on it a little bit later. Uh, but uh, AJ Brown's touchdown, a 45-yard pass from Jalen Hurts. Uh, this was a massive moment in the game. Uh, he's a guy that is their number one wide receiver. They got him across for more than $100 million last year from Tennessee. And uh, when he caught this touchdown, I thought, okay, if, if AJ Brown has a big game, Philly will win. Yes. And uh, it was an amazing moment in the game. And uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles went back up to 14-7. Four, to seven, um, And it all was looking pretty rosy at this stage. They were getting everything uh, basically as they wanted. Philadelphia, uh, Kansas City's offense didn't look anywhere near as explosive as, uh, as the Eagles did. And then all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts decided to fumble the ball. I'm guessing you've caught this play. I have caught this play. I caught the touchdown play, as you, as you mentioned. And, yeah, Jalen Brown just had a... a just a fumble. Yeah, and he fumbled it. The Kansas City Chiefs picked the ball up, ran it into the end zone. The score was 14-14 all of a sudden. So what happened was you go into halftime, Philadelphia was up 24-14, but it felt like they were absolutely dominating the game and, and they should be further in front. And a couple of examples of that are in the first half of play, which goes for 30 minutes, Philadelphia had the ball on offense 22 of those 30 minutes. The Chiefs only had eight minutes of the 30 with the ball in their hands. So that is an absolute domination in terms of time and possession. Philly had had 270 yards of offense in the first half to the Chiefs, 130. So they were absolutely dominated in the game. They came out in the third quarter and, uh, and there was some good plays from either side, um, some challenges from either team as well. But you could just start to sense that the Chiefs were starting to get their game going and the momentum was just starting to change which it did, uh, and one of the biggest uh, calls or plays um, in the third quarter was when there was a catch um, from Devonta Smith that got overturned. 
clearly caught the ball. They said, look, he didn't establish himself and it wasn't a catch in the end. They end up kicking a field goal. Now, it meant that Philly went up 27 to 21. At the time, you thought, no, nah, it's okay. Things are all right. However, if that catch is called, they go down and score a touchdown. It's more than two possessions. Correct. They are a long way in front. I, I was thinking at the time, we're less than a touchdown in front of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. This is not where I want to be. With a quarter to go, and that's how it played out. The uh, the Chiefs hit the front for the first time. It was the first time that the Philadelphia Eagles have trailed all playoffs. The Chiefs hit the front in the last quarter to go up uh, 35 to 27. Uh, now, again, I'm not going to jump ahead too much, but a Kadarius Tony 66-yard punt return was one of the biggest plays in the game. And unfortunately, it was off the back of Aaron Sipos's punt, which only yes. – Went for about 35 yards, which is not great no. for a punter. So uh, there are a couple of the big moments in the game. As a result, um, the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't have managed the game any better. They they held on to the ball. Uh, they got the ball. Jerry McKinnon got the ball. And instead of running in for a touchdown late in the game, he decided to take a knee at the one-yard line so they could run the clock out. It was not... just smart, wasn't it? So Very smart. smart. Uh, a lot of other players would love to run in a touchdown on Super Bowl day because he hadn't done it. Uh, and so he went down to the one-yard line. It meant that Philly was going to have virtually no time to get the ball back and score. That's what happened. Harrison Butker kicked the field goal to go up 38-35. to 35. The Eagles had eight seconds then to go the length of the field. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Let's have a listen to how Jared Waitley called the last, uh, last part of the game. One play left in all likelihood. Jalen Hurts, he's got to come up with a miracle. He backs into the pocket. He lets the receivers get to the end zone. He stands and he heaves down the field. It's short of the end zone. And the Chiefs win Super Bowl 57. It is a legacy moment for Patrick Mahomes. It is testimony to the genius of Andy Reid. And it is pandemonium for this generation of Chiefs. There you go. Jared Whaley, uh, giving that call on SEN today. It was pandemonium for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes in the second half, 12 from 13, 95 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he is clutch. He's, he's going to be around for a long time. What they did, they lost Tyreek Hill at the end of last year, their best offensive weapon. And so to come back, no one picked him to win. Travis Kelsey mentioned this after the game. To come back and respond the way they did, uh, it's a credit to the Chiefs. They're going to be around for a long time. So Kansas City Chiefs supporters, uh, it's a pretty exciting future that you've got. Heard some commentary prior to the game. Eagles had the best team. Chiefs had the best player. And, that, and that's what it come down to at the end of the day. The Eagles definitely had the best team. They, they didn't take all of their chances. Uh, and then... Like I said, if uh, if Mahomes is in the game under a touchdown in the last quarter, you never feel safe as an opposition supporter or fan or player or coach. And that's what happened at the end of the day. The other thing is that um, we'll go a little bit undervalued is how well, and we touched on it just before, how well they manage the game. Yes. They manage the game so well that they go, we're going to have the last possession here. We're not going to allow Philadelphia to go down and dictate the game. We're going to make sure that we are the ones who make the decision at the end of the day. And, uh, and that's what it came to. I mean, it was a great game. 38 to 35 is a very high scoring Super Bowl. Yep. And uh, it, uh, there was a, a massive call in the game that went against Philadelphia, which I'll also jump into shortly. But um, other than that, it, uh, it was an incredible game with a lot of offense, which is what you love to see in a Super Bowl. And uh, we haven't even mentioned the halftime show. No, I was just about to ask you uh, your thoughts on halftime and a uh, pregnant Rihanna? A pregnant Rihanna, and she wasn't uh, just a little bit pregnant either. She pregnant. Uh, she was well and truly uh, along that train and along that line, and, and she 
performed on her own, which was interesting. Uh, incredible when you're pregnant to be able to do that anyway. But last year we saw uh, Dr. Dre run the show and he had Snoop Dogg, Eminem. He had so many others come in and made it such a good halftime show. It was still a good halftime show this year, don't get me wrong. But um, I think when you're a solo act and you don't bring others in, it's hard to really compliment that and really get everything out of your act. She was really good. Um, yep. Suspended from the ceiling at times, the platforms in the air. It's just amazing how they do entertainment over there. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, literally not not one of the greatest half times, but it was still very high quality. And she's, she has got some amazing songs, some oh, yeah. unbelievable bangers. When you're watching, yeah. you're like, geez, remember this song? She's got some <laughs> cracking, cracking tunes from a long, long, uh, long time of, of really good success. Coming up on the show, the Kia Top 7 from Dan, uh, from Dan Menzel. And later in the show, Daniel Drew from the Redbacks will join us here on the Summer Edition, Sports Day SA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. You're listening to the Summer Edition of Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA, Paul Bonza and Dan Menzel with you. And we are just looking after the show for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, who are only about four weeks away just before the start of footy season. They will be back to take you through the winter. You can be part of the show, 0427 154 166, or give us a call, 1300 736 736. Did you watch Super Bowl today? Have you got any comments for men's? Because uh, it's time now for his top seven. Thanks to Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. Sports Day SA. It's the final On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Men's your top seven is the top seven biggest moments from the Super Bowl. Yes, it is. The biggest moments from the Super Bowl, let's be honest, it's the biggest day in sports in America. Yes. And it's starting to really pick up around the world now with how media works. And so we get we cover it here on SEM, which is great. And so I'm going to start at number seven, which was the Jalen Hurts' first touchdown of the game. It was the first drive of the game. He ran it in. I talked about Kenneth Gamewell getting uh, down at the one-yard line. Uh, he was the man who was the first touchdown scorer and really kick-started their game. Jalen Hurts, he arguably could have won the MVP today. He was that good. Uh, unfortunately, had one really negative moment, which also probably cost him that. Um, but both quarterbacks were sensational. Number today. six. At number six, it was Travis Kelsey's touchdown catch from the other quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. The connection that Kelsey and Mahomes has is uh, up there in the league, probably the best connection in the league, and he is without a doubt the best tight end in the league. It's incredible. Uh, number five. Number five is Patrick Mahomes, who's come off a really bad ankle. You, there was question marks about whether he could run. He's rushed up the middle in the last quarter for about 25 yards um, to get around the Eagles defenders was incredible. And then that led to Sky Moore taking the lead uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs where they were able to hold on to an incredible moment for the Chiefs. Number four. Uh, I mentioned it before, A.J. Brown's 45-yard catch. It was an incredible catch from a great great wide receiver. It was a great throw as well from Jalen Hurts. Uh, It's the moment I thought we're going to win the Super Bowl, but it didn't go that way. Uh, Number three. Number three, I alluded to this before, Jalen Hurts' fumble in the second quarter. Kansas City had nothing going for him. Philadelphia had everything going for him. And in one blink of an eye, the scores were level again. And you were like, what? 
people were like, what just happened? Did we miss something? Like, how's how's that happened? So that was a massive moment in the game. Is the only thing that Jalen Hurts actually did wrong all game? And in the end, it really did hurt them. He'll be having nightmares tonight about that play. Uh, number two. Number two. I want to touch on this one a little bit, Bonds. I've cooled down a little bit. But the holding penalty on Bradbury in the last quarter, uh, the defensive back for Philadelphia. He was on Juju Smith-Schuster. He put his arms slightly around him to try and stop him from moving. He said, look, I did grab him a little bit, but I don't think that should be called. Um, That should not be called in a regular season game, I don't believe, let alone the last two minutes of a Super Bowl. It's one of those ones, if you think about the AFL Grand Final, if there is a two minutes to go or a minute to go and there's two players to go for the ball and you potentially might slightly tug them. Well, not even tug them, but just – you're not going to call that as an umpire. You don't impact the game like that and they decided to call it. It actually changed the whole game. It would have been a field goal attempt for Kansas City and then Eagles would have got the ball back and potentially gone down to to win the game. As a result, they got a touchdown and the game was over. Will that be a 30-30 doco in a year or so? It potentially might be. Um, they didn't get a touchdown. They ran the clock out, which is yeah. what it was. It was a massive moment in the game. And uh, if it is a 30 for 30, I probably won't watch it, Bonds. Um, <laughs> All right. Number one, what's your biggest moment? The biggest moments was Kadarius's Tony's 66-yard punt return, unfortunately, off Aaron Sipos's 35-yard punt. The Aussie punter, the former St. Kilda player, he muffed the punt. Not only did he muff the punt, not many people are probably aware of this, but he actually kicked it to the wrong side of the ground. He had a lot of his defenders running to the other side, and so they didn't have a great setup. They should, still should have tackled him. Kadarius Tony ran it back to 66 yards. The scores were level at this stage in the last quarter with five minutes to go. Yep. If he gets a good punt in and they stop him, then potentially they can stop Kansas City. They get the ball back. They win the game. Unfortunately, he ran it down to about the 15-yard line, and uh, the Chiefs. it was just all the Chiefs from there. So Sip Isles will be a little bit flat with that one. Question: Can can Sipos you lose his job? Like, his could his career end off the back of one kick? Uh, the unfortunate answer is yes, it definitely can. In America, it's so cutthroat. Uh, we see it with kickers that are actually kicking to try and score through the uprights. They miss a couple of kicks in a game, they're gone, and they've th- that's them done. So it can happen so quickly. I hope it doesn't for Aaron. He had a really good year up until. Uh, the players when he was injured and he came back in today had uh, missed a few games. But um, the answer to your question, Bonds, is yes. He absolutely could be cut off the back of that. Uh, it was a massive play. There are other things in the game and other reasons why they lost the game, but that certainly didn't help them at the end of the day. Port named their leadership group today. Um, Jonas will be captain again and a couple of deputies, Ollie Wines and Darcy Burns-Jones. Yeah, so Tommy Jonas um, – Hopefully has a good year with the body, can get some real consistency. It's important for them back there with setting them up. And you obviously got Darcy Byrne-Jones off the halfback flank as well, who's developing his leadership there and Ollie Wines in the middle of the ground. So just the three-man leadership group is a small leadership group, though, which is interesting. It is these days, normally about 12. A text in from Mario from Maslin Beach. He wants to know if he's missing something. Was their defense played in the Super Bowl today? <laughs> Great call, Mario. It's... And both teams' offences were elite, but it's a good point. Philadelphia's defence didn't rock up and play as well as they have, nearly as well as they had the last couple of weeks, and even the Chiefs battled at times. So it was very much an offensive Super Bowl today. You can be part of the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Text in 0427 154 uh, Coming up on the show, we're going to talk about the disaster in India. We'll talk about the Test match. We'll talk about the good news. The Redbacks had a win and 
a man made 208, no doubt. His name is Daniel Drew, and he'll join us very soon here on the show. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. My name's Paul Bonzer. Alongside me, Daniel Menzel from the Eagles. Men's, we got a text in from Mario. Uh, saying men's would be spitting chips if he had his jumper pulled and didn't get a free kick. Go to Specsavers. <laughs> oh, I love that, Mario. Uh, look, that happens every week. So, um, and I don't get those free kicks. You got to let some things play out, and you got to know that uh, as a forward and offensive player as well. You can text in as well. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. That is the text line. Time for some lost in the wash. Thanks to Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get your five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Jordan Dawson was named the new captain of the Adelaide Footy Club over the weekend. A couple of questions for you. Yep. Announcing it over the weekend, is that a little bit strange? Uh, Rather than midweek? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it probably doesn't get as much of a bang as it might midweek. Um, I just thought it was interesting that they announced it on a Saturday rather than a Friday afternoon or a Monday well, morning. Mean, they or... did come off their camp. Maybe they mm. were they done the vote at the camp. I'm, I, I think they would have done the, the vote at the camp because we did similar things at Sydney and Geelong and they were like, well, let's get this out before someone finds out. Was he the obvious choice? For mine, yes. Uh, I think that um, – it's look, maybe it's a year or two ahead of what the plan would have naturally been. Um, I think Dorsey's going to develop into a great leader. And well, you played with him at Sydney, so you know him quite well. Yeah, I, I did. And um, a very likable guy is Dorsey. So he would be much liked, but not just liked, respected from the group. He trains hard. He does all the right things. Um, so it's an easy vote, I think, for all the players. And that certainly would have been the path that go down. But the other thing that I probably think he's also added to his game is he's become that match winner. He's the one that can drag him over the line. And I think that's what will um, would have got him over the line as well because he'll continue to develop his um, how vocal he is and how, how well he leads. This is what Jordan Dawson had to say about captaining the Crows. Yeah, like I said, I grew up barracking for the club and um, to be here right now, it's really special. It probably won't sink in for a little bit, but... Um, yeah, like I said, it's something that I don't don't take lightly, the responsibility, and I want to be um, the best captain I can be and the best person I can be as well at the club. There you go. Jordan Dawson there, and he, he talked about the team that he broke for growing up. The other thing that's going to help him, Bonds, is he's got Tex there still. He's got Rory Sloan there still. He's got these senior figures that are there that haven't retired and moved on and almost gone, all right, it's yours now. Off you go. Take the keys. Uh, he's still got guys he can rely on and um, bounce off, which is going to be really handy for him. Australia lost the first test in India in Nagpur um, by an innings and 132 <laughs> runs. It's fair to say they were comprehensively beaten. 
Comprehensively beaten is a great way to put it, Bonds. It uh, it was it didn't start very well. Um, Steve Smith and Marnus got off to a reasonable partnership in, on day one, but yes. after, since, since that partnership, it was just all downhill from there. Uh, look, not a great day for Matt Renshaw. Old few days, sorry, with a golden duck and a two, so he made two runs for the match. So hopefully uh, that means that Travis Head potentially will get the opportunity to come back in. But, geez, how good um, – I know we were really poor and the Aussies have absolutely been whacked in the media, but how good um, Jadeja for uh, India with the ball and then with the bat. Ashwin looked really good as well. Right, Sharma came out and made 120. We couldn't even make that in our second innings. It, it was – I just wonder the mindset going in. Like are the Australians going in – and they're probably not, but from the outside it seems like they're going in – going, this is going to be really difficult. Oh, look at the pitch. That looks really difficult. Like that mindset. And the Indians are going, oh, yeah, we'll make 400 on this. Yeah, look, there's a little bit of talk and chatter around those sort of things. And um, it's an interesting one. When when it has an impact on a group when something goes negative for someone, it's amazing how much you can infiltrate for the rest of the group. I mean – we looked so good when Marnus, as I said before, and uh, and Steve Smith were at the crease. And it looked like, yep, things are all going well. It would have given everyone confidence. And then as soon as they start to struggle, everyone else is just gone. So it's a domino effect. And it went straight through the team. And uh, we're going to have to back it up because we obviously take on uh, India again on Friday. The real shining light was Todd Murphy in his first oh, game. Amazing. Seven for 124. He took seven wickets in his first test for Australia. It's pretty incredible. Even on a spin-friendly pitch, uh, Nathan Lyon struggled. He only took one. So uh, to Todd Murphy, wow, that's uh, an incredible start. And hopefully he can keep that up for the rest of his career. Before I ask you the next question, I want to hear from Andrew McDonald. It's so like all the other batters will go through, we'll prepare. There's, a, there's an option, for, uh, an opportunity for the batters to get down there today and, and practice on a day four wicket. So there's a couple of um, players taking that up um, and we'll work through his individual method the way he needs to go about it to, to optimise you know, his performance here. Well, Mitchell Johnson's saying at home that you, know, you should be Travis Head and David Warner, and there are some people reporting that, that that's talk around the same people, great people in the room. Is that a possibility? Oh, we haven't discussed that. <laughs> At all, we've discussed the you know performance of the first test match. We haven't even got into a selection discussion. You know, once we, we've got an extra time, the benefit out of losing the game so quickly is we've got a little bit more think time to work through what the scenarios are for us, and and that starts today when we go down to the ground and work through that. So that no, that hasn't been discussed at this stage. So he was talking about David Warner's form and and techniques, and then he was asked the question by Peter Laylaw. Yep. There's talk going around that Travis Head comes into the side for David Warner. Yes, it's uh, it's a great question, and uh, it's it has, as good a question as it is. It's as uh, well answered by Andrew McDonald because I'll tell you right now, if you're a sportsman, a coach, anything out there to do with any team, there's no way he hasn't thought about whether he, who he would change, what he would do. I tell you that right now. He's not going to tell everyone. He's not going to put the speculation out there. He's not going to bring uh, undue, unwanted pressure to the team. So he answered it really well and said, we're just going to review the test match and work out what didn't work and then move forward from there. Look, there's hope that that will happen. Cameron Green looks like he's going to be available for the second test, which uh, would mean that he'd come in for Renshaw by the looks uh, as a potential. So then Travis, then does he come in for Hanscom or is it for David Warner? I, I personally think that Travis at the top of the order is the way to go over there because they are spin friendly wickets. Uh, If he can get off to a nice start like Rohit Sharma did, Rowett hit 30 or 40 runs before we'd even got going, um, before the ball was really turning. 
and just got himself in. And I think Trav can do that for Australia at the top of the order. David Warner is not going that well for us at the top. Is of that the is that putting added pressure on Trav? Firstly, you drop him from the first test when there's no way you should drop him, and then you're going to bring him in and you're going to put him in a position where he's where he's you know not might been making runs. He's been batting success, successfully down the order yep. at five and you're going to bring him back in. But hang on a second, you're going to open. Look, I don't think so. He, he's done it before, I know, in different formats. But um, at the same time, it's not like we've got other guys in the team that are making large sums of runs and uh, and the pressure is on. He's uh, The message I'd be given is, mate, go in there, play your natural game. We basically – we didn't have anyone hit a half century last game. So – there is everyone under pressure, not just yourself. So don't worry about that. We just want you to play the way you do because we struggled last game and we need to change something. And I, I don't think that Travel would have an issue with doing that either. Mitchell Stark come in for Boland? I think so. I think it, it just gives us something a little if bit different. Fit. The other thing I actually heard Stephen O'Keefe say this, say this which I was, found really interesting. He said Nathan Lyon struggled a little bit without Mitchell Stark playing because he didn't get Mitchell Stark's um, cracks and footholds from the follow-through for Nathan Lyon to actually pitch the ball into to be able to turn and spin and bounce off and bite off, which uh, was really interesting. So I think that uh, out of everyone, Nathan Lyon will be barricading hard for Mitchell Stark to come back in. <laughs> well, let's hope he's fit. I, I think the Aussies will fight hard in the next test. I don't think we'll see the same performance. I think they'll be better. Um, Mario text in wanting to know if I was a bookie, what price would I have on India to win four zip? He would have them at a dollar one. <laughs> Look, I I went through one of the start bonds, and uh, you, you were thinking something similar. And I think it's three one's probably a good result at the moment for Australia. Well, look, things can change pretty quickly. The pitch can be different, and if it's yep. not as spin friendly, then it just brings Jadeja and it brings Ravi Ashwin back. Um, Axel Patel as well, so it gives us more of a chance. They're so, going to turn. The pitches are going to turn. Yeah. The next three pitches are going to Absolutely. turn. Absolutely. So, and it, India is well in, within their right to be able to prepare pitches for that. So. Look, I don't think it's all lost at the moment, but we are absolutely up against it and something needs to change. The Redbacks had a massive win against WA and we're about to talk to the star of the game, the man of the match. He scored 208 not out. His name is Daniel Drew. Uh, Henry Hunt was good in the first inning, 62. Nathan McAndrew, who we spoke to as well, he made 56 not out, got seven wickets for the game. Um, WA needed 468 to get victory, and that was never going to happen. And they got bowled out for 303, and South Australia win by 168 runs. So let's talk to uh, our next guest. Our next guest is brought to us by Toolkit Depot. New year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot is your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. From the... I guess from the winning SA Redbacks yes. is Daniel Drew. Drew, welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Hi, guys. How are we going? i got tongue-tied there because I'm not used to saying the winning Redbacks uh, side, but you guys are playing some good cricket and you had a magnificent win today over WA. Yeah, yeah, we have been. Um, last couple of games have been you know, massive for us. Um, back-to-back wins in Tassie and against WA um, over the last few days. Yeah, it's been we're playing some really good cricket and it's huge for our group to get some back to back wins going forward in the rest of the season. Congratulations on your knock of two hundred and eight not out. Uh, is that your first double century? I know it's your first double century at shield level, but in all forms of cricket? Um I I made a uh, double century last year in a in a 
um, Premier Cricket, uh, Club Cricket game in a one day last year. Um, you did too. And then, yeah, but right. that's, that's, that was the first one. And then that was so this uh, game was the first one in the Red Bull um, game. But yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was obviously great to get the win. Um, that was the main thing. Um, but yeah, it was just great to spend some time in the middle and um, get amongst it and put the team in a really good position to go forward and um, get the win. Absolutely, Drew. You've certainly done that with that double hundred. And then uh, how about Nathan McSweeney coming out and uh, making a hundred in the second innings as well? You guys just carrying each innings for the team must give you confidence moving forward. Yeah, no, McSweeney's been he's been awesome for us. Um, last couple of games, back to back hundreds, um, he's really filled that role for where Travis has left us in that number four position. Um, gives the whole batting lineup and the whole team a lot of confidence um, when he comes in and. You know, he's just doing his thing, and I think um, he's going to continue to do that for the rest of the season. Um, he's a really good player, and you know, there's big raps on him, and um, I think we'll see him in there, you know, green and gold, hopefully in a few years' time. He is going really well at the moment, as you've touched on, and you touched on him playing and coming in at number four. You coming in for the Redbacks at number three. Is that your um, most comfortable position in the lineup to bat at? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it at three at the moment. Yeah, originally I... Um, last year I was batting at five um, in the round, Travis and Alex, um, and then uh, missed out on a couple of the first games this year in the squad. And then there was an opportunity at number three and the selectors and the coaches um, poised me if I wanted to bat there. And you know, and I was obviously all for it. And usually I've been batting at four or five in club cricket, but you know, I think three's um, a great opportunity. And I think last, I think, there was a few starts early in the start of the season and then from Tasmania where I got 90 and then this game, um, yeah, I feel like three's uh, me and I feel like that's where I'm bat- batting my best and um, hopefully I can make that spot my own. Yeah, it'd be nice for you to lock down that spot. South Australia have been looking for a number three for a few years now. Um, watching you bat on the weekend, a technique has slightly changed and there's... It was mentioned to me on more than one occasion that there's a, a lot of Steve Smith in your batting style. Um, and you and you got interviewed after play on Friday and you have said that you've done some work with Steve Smith. Tell us a, a little bit about that, how, how that developed. Yeah, so I think I originally did, uh, two or three years ago, I did some work um, just from a batting coach just based on how I wanted to bat and... Um, how I wanted to go about it. Um, I was having a few issues just being quite sight on. So we decided to look at a few vision, a bit of vision um, based on Steve Smith and work on that. And me and Steve have got a bit of similarities with the background in tennis and the way we hold up, hold the grip in the bat and whatnot. So sort of just started working for me a bit and went with that. And then I was lucky enough to do a bit of 12th man duties for the Aussies um, in the test match over the Christmas period when they played the West Indies here in Adelaide and um, I just had a couple of tweaks in my game that I needed to work on and I was lucky enough to be able to contact Smith um, during that game and just pick his brain a bit and just um, ask him a few tips and I guess how he goes about it because there's a lot of similarities like you said so I think speaking to him was really good and he was really supportive about it and um, gave me a bit of bit of stuff to work on which was I've taken into the last couple of games which has been awesome. It's, uh, it's great to hear, and it's a good story too, that. Yep. Uh, so then on Steve Smith, did you, we sp- had Nathan McAndrew on last week and talked about the pitch over there in Nagpur. Did you get a chance to watch much of the uh, Australian Test match? Uh, I did. I watched, I watched most of the first day, 
um, which was obviously looked like hard work. Um, but uh, playing in the last few days, I only got to watch basically the last session of each day. Um, I did, you know, tap into a few highlights and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it looks like hard work. Um, I've never been to India, so I have no idea what it's like. But I was going to ask you that question. Yeah, if uh, <laughs> how you'd go on a pitch like that, and if you've ever seen a pitch like that. Yeah, I, the boys talk about it like it's it's yeah it's it's very difficult. Um, and by the way, well, you got the best players in our country playing over there at the moment. And they're finding it difficult. So I think you know everyone would find it hard. It's just I guess finding a way and having a plan and a, and a technique built for it. Um, and the best players in the world adapt to it. Like Smith, he's got a really good record in some continent, so he always finds a way. I'm not sure how I'd go up living in Australia and playing on traditionally quite you know, bouncy and flat wickets um, going over there would be a challenge, but, you know, it'd be something I'd you know, love to do in the future if there was opportunity there. Daniel uh, mentioned we spoke to Nathan McAndrew before you guys started playing. He had a really good game. He took seven wickets for the game and uh, a <laughs> nice little partnership with you. He was 56 not out and got you to your double hundred. Uh, was it good uh, batting with Nathan? Yeah, no, it's awesome. Me, me and Nathan get along pretty well. Um, you know, he, he came in and he we were speaking a little bit about the pitch and the conditions and what was happening. Um, you know, he found it a little bit hard to get going at the start. And then, um, you know, once he, once he hit a few to the rope, he sort of started getting along with it pretty quickly. And he was sort of, he was just sort of looking at me a bit like, you know, should I take one? Should I get you on strike? And I was, I was like, mate, it's better for the team if you're on strike because you're hitting the boundaries. You're clearing the rope and I'm just getting the one. So, um, he made me feel, you know, real comfortable at the crease. Um, He's, he's, it's a luxury for us to have him batting at eight and nine in our team where, you know, he's, he could easily be batting at six or seven um, in some size. So that's something that's really handy for us and it's, it builds our batting lineup um, and makes us stronger. So, yeah, it's, it's great to have him, you know, doing really well with the bat and obviously with the ball um, in, the, in the first innings and the second innings. Um, he's been great for us. Now, Drew, our next match is in a week's time on Monday in Victoria. So at City Power Centre in St Kilda. Uh, first question, have you ever played uh, on that pitch in St Kilda? And then secondly on that, uh, Victoria second on the table. We're just behind in third. Surely top two is the goal now for us. Um, yeah, so I have I played a second eleven game there uh, a few years ago. Um, it rained for two days and we almost got the win. Okay. Um, but I think tradition I think since then it's been traditionally a bit of a you know a spinner's wicket, um, as as they might say, but I haven't yeah, like I said, I haven't played there for two or three years, so I'm not entirely sure um what it will be like. But um just going on what it's been like for the last couple of years, I think it might be you know, it might spin later on, it might break up, so it might be a bit of a challenge for us, but it'll be a challenge for both teams, um, with both decent spinners. So um, looking forward to that, and yeah, definitely. Um, I think you know the table. You know, you get a couple of wins and whatnot, and the table just becomes so close. Um, you know, there's three games left of the season. We got Victoria, Queensland, New South Wales, and you know, having back-to-back wins is massive for us and massive for our confidence going forward. Um, you know, if we can grab another win or two in the last three games, it um, really puts us in a good spot to try and you know, hopefully get into a final. But you know, any wins great for us at the moment and we're just pushing for that um, that follow up if we can get there. I want to talk about uh, your West Torrens teammate Spencer Johnson. He made a bit of an impact in the Big Bash this summer and he's been added to the Shield squad for the Victorian game. 
Um, tell us a little bit about Spencer because he seems a very quiet guy on the field, uh, but he bowls at about 145 clicks. So uh, they come down all right. Yeah, yeah, me and Spence, um, we've been, you know, best mates for, you know, since we played together since we were 12, 13, um, went to the same school. You know, we've been playing and hanging out with each other for, you know, since we can remember. So, um, yeah, he's he's a raw, he's a rare talent, uh, bowls raw pace. Um, he's been doing really well in, you know, great cricket for the last couple of years. Obviously had a few setbacks um, with injuries a few years before that, but, the last couple of years, he's been really banging the door down, um, really pushing for opportunity. And I guess um, there was an opportunity in Brisbane for the for the big bash, and he, you know, took it with both hands. And you know, now he's sort of you know banging the door down at the soccer. And there's a lot of things, uh, big things coming for him, I think, in the future. And you know, if you can get someone that can bowl, you know, 140, 150 left arm quick and swinging, um, I think that's you know big issues for other teams. So I think you know we can use that to our advantage and. You know he's he's um yeah he's staying very humble about it. Um, he can get he can get a bit big headed sometimes, big fella. But um, <laughs> nah, he's good. He's um he loves it. He's just he's just embracing it. He's loving getting opportunity. Um, he just wants to win games for South Australia like the rest of us. All right, I want to ask you: you want man of the match? Uh, pretty easy decision for the commentary team to name you man of the match. Do you get anything extra these days for being man of the match? Uh, oh, I, I didn't even know I was man of the match. To be honest, I just I actually come on, Drewy, yeah, no come on, Drewy. <laughs> so the answer oh, is no. It made two hundred. <laughs> yeah, oh, it might have been. Yeah, I might have assumed. I guess, but um, no, I, I haven't. No, I don't think you get anything or what. No, I think it's just obviously it's a nice feeling to know that you've contributed to the team and yeah. you know you put your team in a winning position. Um, that's the main thing, I guess. Um, you know, that was the whole thinking about it, really. I was just trying to bat as long as I could, um, score runs for the team and build a big uh, big first inning total for the team to try and put us in a winning position, which eventually happened. Did uh, Jason Gillespie have much to say to you post-game or post your 200? Um, oh, not not a lot. We just we, we spoke a little bit briefly just about, you know, how he was very proud and um, happy and... You know, I've I've done a lot of hard work in the last couple of years to to break into the team and to get where I'm at at the moment. So, you know, he was just pumped, um, pumped for the team, pumped for me. Um, he was just really positive about it all, which is which is great. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll probably you know share a beer in the next few weeks about it and have a chat. But um, you know, it's not long until the next game. You know, there's a one day game and on Wednesday, and then there's another shoe game, you know, on Monday. So it happens pretty quick. You just got to move on to the next team and whatnot. But, um, yeah, he was he was very positive about the whole thing, which is um, which is great. So no mention from Diz of his 200 in the test? <laughs> like, welcome uh, to the 200 uh, club or anything like that? No, nah, we, we get enough from that. Uh, from <laughs> Diz. He, um, yeah, he mentions that regularly whenever he can. Um, I know I know Jake, Jake Lehman did mention it to me, though. Um, when he's double ton in Tasmania, he got a few years ago. He was he was sort of hoping that this one get past his score, but um, nah, it's yeah, Dizzy does bring it up a fair bit. So yeah, the boys get enough of it. To be fair, all right, Daniel, we'll let you go. Thanks for your time. Congratulations, great win for the Redbacks, two in a row. Uh, go to Victoria and uh, thump the Vicks, won't you? Yes, yeah, that's the plan. Thanks, thanks heaps, guys. Cheers. Daniel Drew. Thanks, from, Joey. From the uh, 
West End Redbacks. He can sign off to Dizzy Gillespie with 208 because that's more than Dizzy, isn't it? Yes. yes. I uh, think Dizzy was 204. Yeah, it's a nice nice little touch there that he's uh, ticked that one off. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was good um, – Good, good chat with him. Interesting about Spencer Johnson. He said the uh, good mate. So he might have his. You know, there's a very good chance we've heard that Brendan Doggett won't play uh, in this coming game. So it's just for me, it's almost an automatic swap. You bring in a guy who bowls left arm and is bowling well. We got five for for West Torrens on the weekend. Um, well, he yeah, was in my true or false last week, and false. about whether he should be back in the team. And and you made a good point. There's some good uh, good bowling stocks there at the moment, but uh, hopefully he gets that opportunity, gets that chance, and uh, also to the sponsors out there, maybe an opportunity to jump onto the Men of the Match Award for the uh, Sheffield Shield uh, to look after the guys. Because the answer to the question, do you get anything extra? I think is no, because he has what? no idea he got <laughs> he it. Has no idea. Uh, mate, it's been another jam-packed show. Commiserations again to your Eagles. Sorry, mate. It's been uh, a tough. Uh, you, you're sounding a bit flat today, and hopefully we'll be up and about tomorrow because tomorrow is Sample Tuesday. I'll be up, and we've got uh, Casey Voss from the Sturt Footy Club joining us. Looking forward to that. Yeah, can't wait to talk to Vossy. Uh, real passionate sportsman too, Vossy. So yeah, really looking forward to getting into that chat. Thanks for staying with us all day, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Or will you hear from us tomorrow here on the summer edition of Sports ASA? You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range, the cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance, and quality design. That's Kia. 